on the eve of a 1930s radio station's grand opening, members of the staff are killed one by one, and it's up to the head writer to find the murderer while clearing his own name at the same time. We watched the 1994 comedy Radioland Murders on this week's episode of Bottom of the Barrel. Hello internet dwellers and welcome to another episode of Bottom of the Barrel, the show where we find lesser known but amazing films on Netflix and Hulu and review them for your enjoyment. I am your host, Jeff Bell, and welcome to the show. Yay! And nothing. Okay, Yay. this week, there you go. Yay. It's two weeks in a row I've missed that. I know. And every time I go to edit it, I always think I'm off because you don't come in when I expect you to come in. And hey, I mess with the audio tracks. one of these times I'd remember. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, so you're sure. supposed to make... Yay. It's okay, for supposed Colin... To enthused. Yes, you're supposed huh? to be enthused. Oh, uh, I must... Oh, I didn't well, tell Colin. I'm sorry, Colin. I get, don't I talk guess. until you're introduced. <laughs> I yelled at him the first week. <laughs> I go with the Doug Loves Movies rules. Yeah, you go. Well, this week's episode is a little different as we found an actual good movie that's not good because it's bad, but because it's actually good. But yeah, does that make sense? (laughs) It's good Good because it's not bad, but because it's good. That's why it's good. Right. It's it's not good because it's bad, but because it's good. Not like that. Steven Seagal. The Steven Seagal vampire one we watched last time. Where he only walked away from the camera. <laughs> Telling you, he was he was walking to the food cart. That's what that man was Ugh. doing. And every time that shot in that movie. You know what this movie's got over that movie? People walk toward the camera. <laughs> and deliver <laughs> and deliver lines that are not overdubbed by a different actor. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone here talks for themselves. Pretty sure they do. That just yeah. sounds oh, like it was, terrible. It was oh. pretty bad. It was Is pretty it? bad. Oh. Yes. Oof. You should hate yourself for knowing that we watched it. Colin. That's how bad... <laughs> Speaking of which, speaking of which, Colin. well, since well, since well, for I didn't even introduce oh, you, Dan. Hey. Hi, Colin. <laughs> wow, Hi, the Jeff. whole opening is just shot. <laughs> okay, that's Dan over there. Hi, Dan, co-host. Hi, Dan. Yay. <laughs> and joining us this week, uh, you might recognize our special guest from his popular weekly web comics on the Ghost Hand Network website Ooh. and his long-running <laughs> podcast, which I do with him. He's just gonna keep doing that. Super happy fun time. Ooh, Colin Kirshner. Ooh, hi, Colin. Hi, Jeff. Oh, it's so good. Like, like, there we go. A bunch of oohs, and then hi, Jeff. And then just nothing. Mm. He didn't even talk loud when he said it. Just, no, it was yeah. quiet. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, let's get on to the movie. Okay, we watched Radio Land Murders from 1994. And this movie, um, for those of you who are curious, was the story was written by George Lucas. Uh, pretty positive this is probably the last thing he did before he started working on the special editions and episode one, right? Because uh, it's 94. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been about right? I thought I remember seeing the documentary on episode one being like he started writing the script in 94 yeah. or 95. 94. 94. I mean, well, to be fair, he didn't write this in 94, though, remember? Right. This would have been 93. So No, 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 no. Because he wrote this in the 80s. Oh, that's right. Remember? This script is old. That's We're going right. to jump into some goofy trivia right well, away. Let's, okay. Yeah. Dan, you talk about that. Okay, Dan, Dan's so the one that picked this movie, by the way. He was the one that suggested movie. it. Because it sounded like fun. And I was right. It was fun. So okay. It was fun. As we were talking about background, this was actually done... Uh, the, the, it was actually first advertised as being started in 1974. So this is a really old movie in a certain way. Pre-Star Wars, basically. Well, not pre-Star Wars. 
Well, before the production of Star Wars, wouldn't it? Yes. I mean, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And then 1978 is when it was announced as his next movie that he was going to do. Steve <laughs> Martin was going to do it, right? So that's like this weird backstory. Didn't okay. happen. Didn't right? happen. Didn't happen. Continued to not happen. And then in 1994, it happened. <laughs> it just kind of happened out and of nowhere. I don't know why, and I'm not going to complain, just because I think it's it was interesting that it happened. It was... Well, you know, it's weird, right? It is weird. It's it's if the weird thing is it doesn't feel like a George Lucas movie mm-hmm. at all. And the, but the funny thing is there's actually a piece of trivia. It makes more sense since you made the comment that he uh, he wrote this way back in '74. Well, wrote <laughs> wrote it wrote like came up with the story. He came up with yeah. the idea for it, right? He, he well he had the idea for because he's always been obsessed with old radio and serials. That's just kind of one of George. I mean, look at Indiana Jones, right? Look at Star Wars. They're all right. based on somewhat old serial ideas, right? Right. So it was kind of that. And they're like, oh, he wants to do this. And this was an idea that he had back in the 70s. Right. Which the funny thing is, is since you brought that up, he's actually made the comment that the main couple in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would have been Roger and Penny Henderson are yeah. actually the parents of Richard Dreyfuss's character from American Graffiti. Oh, really? I that see that. He, he's brought. I mean, it's so ooh. it's. Ooh. <laughs> so it kind of makes it this like it's a full loop. It is. Uh, it kind of makes it this, this weird, like, uh, like almost kind of a prequel because it's so like they're together. And then I'm assuming after this movie, they have a kid or maybe they already had a kid during this movie. Yeah. You know, like in the back and like off camera, obviously. And that's Richard Dreyfuss's character from American Graffiti. Well, OK. Huh. So how old is Richard Dreyfuss in American Graffiti? He would have been. When have you been like in his twenties or sixteen? Yeah, seventeen, right? And this and is supposed to be nineteen thirty-nine, fifties, right? This one, according to the no, this not, this one's thirty-nine. Oh yeah, this is thirty-nine. Right. This one's thirty-nine. I'm assuming the graffiti's got to be in like fifty-four or fifty-five. What did you think? think? Just based on the music, it's got to be. It's got to be later uh, than that. We're sixty-two. We're, a sixty-two. So, so let's see. Let's do some math here. We got 1962 (laughs) minus 16. Yeah, we'll call it 18 years just to be safe. 1944 is when the kid would have been born. So that would have been right after. Yeah. It would have been like their third kid by this time. Right. But, you know, who's to say that he doesn't have like siblings or maybe they just it took him four or five years before they had a kid. Like it's it's possible. It's very possible. 39 would have been right before the war started. Right. A good time to get into a new (laughs) job. A new job. And when it's right on the cusp of television being invented, obviously, since they were talking about that in the movie. Um, Hold on. What are we talking about entirely? (laughs) So Radio Land Murders. So Radio Land Murders. Okay. We got onto a sidetrack there. So Radio Land Murders. Dan, do you want to give an overview of this movie? Because frankly, um, I know I've done it in the past, but... I found myself just watching and enjoying this movie and I wrote down a handful of notes and things I wanted to talk about, but mm. I didn't write down the plot because frankly, I, I just, I enjoyed watching this film altogether. Uh, see, I, I started out, it's like, oh, this thing has been rated really terrible on Rotten Tomatoes. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has like a 19% critic rating, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a rating 20, based on 20 critics. I'm seeing right, 19. Right. Let me hit F5 okay. just to complain. <laughs> did it, did it about change Colin. in the last no, 10 minutes? Still 19. You can <laughs> okay. Well, I read this morning it was 20%. Well, so, it's, gone so down. it's gone down. <laughs> wow, there's been this, down. There's been this influx. Somebody's already reading this. Or maybe it's top or critics. listening no, to this just right now. Right. Then the audience gives it a 52. So I was like, well, let's give this a shot. See if it's worthwhile to watch for this year's podcast. Because basically, watching it, couldn't take any notes. I was enjoying it way too right. much. Because basically what you're saying is that according to Rotten Tomatoes, the critics said they absolutely hated this movie, but yeah. the fans have actually somewhat enjoyed it. Like the yeah. normal audience has somewhat enjoyed the movie. I mean, they mm-hmm. thought it was better in the 
crappy Steven Seagal movie from last week, but that's, that's because true. they didn't actually review that one. <laughs> Not even nope. with their time. It's so what's because this movie no about? one's seen that. Yeah, so what is, we're gonna what get is Radio to Land Murders? Ten minutes in, we're going to actually talk about what the heck this movie is. So <laughs> well, Radio we, Land Murders. A little bit of an intro. It takes place in a radio studio. So this is not like a radio studio you would have today. This is back in the day when the variety hours they would do were big productions with an audience and costumes and bands and dancing and all kinds of fun stuff, right? Yep. So it was an actual variety show that took place on the radio. Yep, yep. And during this particular once the release of a new station called WBN. Which, which is out of Chicago. Yeah, it was out of Chicago is where it's so, from. Hmm. It's Ooh, almost like it's WGN, oh. which is actually out of Chicago, which Ooh. was a radio station. Oh. Ooh. I know. <laughs> That's our new thing, apparently. On That's going to be a good thing, right? <laughs> no, it's just me and Dan. It's just you two and, doing uh, it. They're starting it, and it's a chaotic morning, and like the first 10 minutes of this movie are amazing. Just yes. the, the chaotic part of it before stuff starts to go wrong. Yep. <laughs> or while yep. stuff's going wrong, depending upon how you look at it. <laughs> it's just wonderful. And that's what drew me into it. But at, at the end of the beginning scene, I guess you could say, for the first scene of the movie, somebody dies. <gasps> There's a movie and it has a, a, a murder in it. And it takes place in a place called Radio Land. Oh, no. Where do you think they got the title? Um, Luke has probably made it up for something yeah. else. And then it kind of <laughs> turns into a fun little zany whodunit with some murders in it. And it's really interesting. It has a real, I think it has a Marx Brothers feel, which is really fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because the main yeah, character, uh, Henry, feels like he's almost like channeling Groucho a bit. Yeah. And Chico to a certain extent, because he's That's dressing true. up in zany costumes and mm-hmm. yep, yep. doing all kinds of fun. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just, it's so well done. I don't know why critics don't like this more. It's, I get, there's like some comments online about why critics don't like it and they say that the third act has some really weak points and that some of the acting is goofy, but the acting goofy is exactly what this is supposed to be. It's a, this type of movie. It's the same thing. It, and this, it was weird because I, okay, the director of this movie is Mel Smith, who mm. I know because I grew up watching a movie called Brain Donors all the time, right. which in mm. itself is, is a modern day Marx Brothers film. And he, the director of this film, was in that film basically as the Chico equivalent. Mm-hmm. So I almost feel like, and that was around this exact same time. So I almost wonder, like, there was like this mini surgence of kind of these old fashioned movies and comedy like type films based upon those during that early '90s that nobody really knows about. Yeah. And I think the reason why they didn't make it is because nobody, the people who were watching them, didn't understand this type of humor. I think that might be also the reason why the critic, the correction, the critics at this time did not understand this type of. This type of movie, this is not what they were expecting of it, I guess. Well, that's I don't probably know. a good point because a lot of this is a period piece, really, when you think about it. Yes, and definitely. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people don't really accept that kind of idea or that world type of stuff right. because I've seen a lot of movies that have focused around that era. And a lot of people don't actually don't like that those types of movies just because of what it's actually placed. Which in. is too bad. So, because yeah. I love this this particular are, era of stuff is some of my favorite. That's a great movies. time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that's I think that's the issue. I think that's why the critics the critics were too hard on it because they did not want to see this type of movie. But the, it's found an audience, and that's why the audience rating on you know Rotten Tomatoes. I don't mean to keep rehashing that, but like right. I think that's why the 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 audience rating is higher is because the people who have seen it are people who do enjoy this 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 era and do get this type of humor. Right. Because it very much so, like you said, Dan, it could have it, it felt like it could have been a Marx Brothers movie or it could have been an Abbott and Costello movie. You know, it felt like actually it yeah. reminded me of the Abbott and Costello movie Who Done It, right. which was 
mm-hmm. all strictly about a murder that took place in a radio station while Which the show I was think going on. Actually, George Lucas based this movie. On, I wouldn't be surprised, truthfully, to be like because it's it's very much so. Uh, it, it feels it, it was it, it yeah it very much so felt like that type of a movie from that era. Right, so. Yeah. But uh, Dan, I mean, do you want to continue going with your outline? I don't know how much you wanted good. to. Was that we're it? Okay. Right there. Okay. Some murders happen. There's <laughs> murders happen, there's, and there's they, a thing, and some other stuff happens, and the, because the main, this movie was in development during the '80s, there's boobs. And yes, there is. It's which means, by my rule. which means Dan's rule still That's holds right. in account, even though this is this was released in '94 because it was in production in the '80s to All a degree. Right. Dan's rule saying that you can't have an '80s movie without at least one. Uh, boob shot or implied boob shot or implied, boob implied shot. boobs <laughs> like a super tight shirt or something like that. So far, all three movies we have done have had boob shots in them, <laughs> even and though that's OK with. Me. <laughs> well, it's was... weird because we went from like Death Stalker, which was yep. almost entirely boob shots. That's true. And then we went to what was the name of that crappy movie? Steven Seagal Steven walking Seagal away from movie. me. Yeah. Or was it the zombie? <laughs> Zombies. Oh, the the, 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 the the Vombies. The Vombies. The <laughs> As Vombie I called movie. it. <laughs> they just had like one boob. And it was like none. And this one, like, actually, like, the boobs make sense because it's like a changing yes. room that he busts in on. Which, was a really fun character. I loved Billy. I don't know about you guys. Billy the Page was yeah. so funny. He, I, the problem was, is I was, I, yes, no, I don't want to say that because I don't want to spoil the movie. Frankly, I don't want to spoil who the killer is. <laughs> right. Well, we can, yeah, see, that's the problem with this one. It's like, I don't want to say who the murderer is, but we can yeah. still talk about the characters, right? Yeah. Can I, can I, I will, can, oh, damn it. I don't, I want to talk about Billy, but I want, I thought he might've been more involved in it than I expect, than, than he was. Oh yeah. Can I say that? Like, I thought yeah. maybe he, I kind of got that feeling. I think that's fair. When I At the end, like, cause maybe he is, but who, who ended up being the murderer? I guessed about an hour into the movie and then retracted my guess because I'm like, oh wait, no, it can't be. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. And I, I started looking for somebody else. And then it turned out who I guess was the murderer. And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> I should have known. I should have kept my first thought. Oh, it's going to be really hard to talk about this movie. <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be you, fun. Did you think it was him too, Colin? Yeah. Did you think yeah. it was? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, did, I, it, did it not feel I, I like did. that it, was? It kind of picked up, but it was weird, though, <laughs> because it was just like, well, why is all this these things happening? Right. Like, who's doing who's in charge of the recording? You know, like mm. that's that's what there was a couple things that did bother. I me. will go farther. But again, I was I so engrossed so in much. the movie. Yeah. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> I didn't even think about it to who the killer was. Yeah. I didn't even think about it, which is weird to do in a whodunit type film. But but I didn't in even all f- care. I was like, I'm enjoying this. This is funny. The writing, I think, is brilliant. It's in so all f- well done. Right. And in all fairness, not only is the writing so well done, but the acting of the characters, the performances yes. of the characters are just spot on perfect. Yeah. Like, I love the guy who played Roger, the main guy. He he played that part pretty much as well as I could think he could have mm-hmm. for the character that it was. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you have a lot of big name people in this, like a lot of people, a lot of people know like you have. Yeah, I mean, I was I was looking through this cast and there's a lot of people that are just care, either character actors or right. a lot of people who do minor roles. Right. Well, OK. Slightly bigger roles. There's some really weird ones, though. Like, I mean, Christopher <laughs> Lloyd is the sound guy Zoltan. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. I loved that. Character. It was one day. He did that in one day. Oh, I love it. The I love it. It was his performance was just 
brilliant in this movie. I love oh, it. What about the, um, what was his name? Joey. Oh, I can't forget. Joey it. Lawrence. Yeah, Joey Lawrence is in jo- this movie. Yes, as the crooner <laughs> that shows up. Like, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Why is he in this movie? It's so goofy. <laughs> and then I remembered, oh, it's the early 90s, so Blossom. And this was when he actually had kind of a recording career a little bit. And that's why I guess he was in the movie, but... I guess, but it's like 30 seconds. Yeah, and that's like a, it probably took him longer to get dressed into that get up with the hair and everything <laughs> than to actually record his scene. Yes. Yes, it probably did. Uh, but who else is in this? Um, George Burns is in this movie for a quick, quick little thing. Mm-hmm. It's his last film, too. And not only his, uh, it was also Rosemary Clooney's last film. Yep. And it was Anita Morris's last film. The girl who played Claudette, mm-hmm. the big, the va-va-va-voom girl, um, which actually she died six months before this movie was released. Yeah. Um, and which is, it's dedicated to her. If you watch all the way through the credits, it's dedicated to her. But it's also got uh, Larry watch Miller in it. Watch all the way through the credits. <laughs> I did. I always <laughs> watch like, through well, the credits. Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I'm got, just like, Netflix is done. Might as and well turn close. this um, No, it's also got Michael McKean in it. From, mm-hmm. you know, this is Spinal Tap and all those. It's got Jeffrey Tambor from Arrested Jeffrey Development. Tambor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steven Tabloski, or Tabloski. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. I know him best as um, the guy from Groundhog's Day. The guy? <laughs> I know him best as the guy from Groundhog's Day. That's <laughs> Michael Lerner. Uh, Michael Lerner. Uh, Corbin Bernstein. Who, yeah, Michael Lerner, who is the voice of Inspector Gadgets. Is that yes. who I thought? Ooh. I thought Inspector Gadget was um, was a. Uh, uh, hold on, uh, hold on. Are you? Are we second guessing? I thought. I thought. Hold on. Hold we on. all got. We got to <laughs> work on. our. We got to work our Chrome browser instances faster. We're quickly, all taking too long. Quickly, I thought. I thought that. Uh, um, no, the Inspector Gadget. I thought Inspector Gadget was done by uh, the other dude, the other guy who was on from Get Smart. Oh, I'm spacing on the guy's name. Don Adams. Don okay. Adams is who does Inspector. Well, you're talking like the cartoon Inspector Gadget, yeah, right? Yeah, Not yeah. some other weird version. I but I know this guy. I know um I know this character, this actor before. He's been he's he's another one, like you said. He's another uh, character actor. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. another character actor. He's been in tons of stuff. <laughs> he's also been in Elf. Ooh. Yes, he was in he was in Elf. My goodness, what other things would people know him from? I mean, he he did a lot of television in the eighties. Yeah, I might He's, be confusing him with somebody else, but mm-hmm. but who else is who else was in this? Uh, yeah, um, uh, Corbin Burnson, who's better known as Sean's dad from Psych. So if anybody watches Psych, yep, yes, uh, Bobcat oh, Goldthwait. Yeah, that was the one that really got me when I was watching this. I was like, is that? That's Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> Who's only credited his name is Wild Writer. That's his name in the movie. <laughs> right. But you know what? His part was hilarious. <laughs> the actors are improvising. Yes. <laughs> that is my favorite part of this entire movie. It's so <laughs> <laughs> It's just, oh, it's just brilliant. Or when he's trying to beat Billy with the baseball bat, running around with pages. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, I love It's so, it's so funny. It's so good. It was so well done. Oh, man. I'm trying to think of what else there is. Yeah, Robert was Klein. like Bob had like a free weekend. And he was like, yeah, I got nothing else to do. I'll just, oh, he just showed up. I don't have a good Bobcat. I'm sorry. <laughs> I used to be able to do a good Bobcat, and I just haven't done it forever, and I don't do it anymore because it well, sounds see, terrible. Is, do you do the Bobcat comedian voice, or do you do like Bobcat in real life voice? That's that's where the like the difference comes in for me with Bobcat. That is. And you can tell this was totally in the early 
early 90s where he was still writing off that train of, oh, that's the Bobcat comedian voice, not the Bobcat real voice. Was, you could tell he was it wasn't like Police Academy Bobcat, which is no. just ridiculous. This was like him pulling it back and going, hey, you know what? I'm actually a real director and writer. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to see I, me do some awesome stuff around the 2000s. Give me six more years, but you'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. What else was there? Um, there was um, I, one of the things that I liked, and this goes back to the writing of the film, but I enjoyed how because during the, the during the course of the entire movie, as Dan said, the the opening night of this radio station is continuing. So all the shows that are being put on all the different, like, you know, like the Lone Ranger type of a show. And then like the shadow type of the show. The and like all whip. these, the black, the black, whip. The I black will not whip. go on without my papers. Why um, is he called the black whip? He's not called the black log. He's called the black whip. <laughs> uh, and he has give him a log. Why would you give him a log? <laughs> it's so the writing. When you watch this movie, people who listen to our podcast, mainly yes. the people we already know, but uh, whoever watches I'm sure this like maybe by now we get one or two more. We'll get more like people we don't know. <laughs> listen, people, really watch what? this movie. Like when I wait, first wait, started wait, doing this, wait. what people what? people listen? Well, people your listen podcast, to this, but they might listen to this one. <laughs> hey, really? hey. I don't know about Super Happy Fun Time. But <laughs> super Happy Fun Time has a very big, loyal listener group, okay? Yeah, a big, Leave loyal listener. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but no, back to your saying, Dan. When you yeah. watch this movie, really watch it. Because I started out kind of having this on in the other window, and I was watching something, playing some video game or something like that. Yep. Probably Battlefield 3 at that point. Something. <laughs> anyway, not important. Got in the Humble Bundle. It was awesome for like five bucks. Oh, Thank nice. you, Humble Bundle. No, I think I paid like 10 because I was like, oh, charity. Anyway. Still, uh, 10 bucks. Really watch it because, believe it or not, the writing is really good. It's really, it's a lot of quick, fast jokes. And if you like that style, you're going to love this. It's so good. It's very good with like the euphemisms and the double, the double entendres. They did yes. a handful of those in this that were just, yeah. were perfect. Yeah. You know, um, well, the guy I, who wrote it also wrote uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah, I saw but that. Also wrote Howard, Howard the, the Duck. Howard the Duck. Yeah. <laughs> I also saw that too. <laughs> yeah. He also wrote American Graffiti. But they were, or they also yeah. like, uh, like one, like one of the other writers was is like a, was a consultant on the West Wing, like, yeah, like, and they, they've the people who who have their hand in this film have done other things that are like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, like I understand the guys like Temple of Doom and Howard the Duck and American Graffiti, like those are pretty much the guys that Lucas kind of went to, obviously for right. certain films, but like, yeah, the one I, I'm pretty sure it was the other because there's four writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that did it and it was it was a two group uh, two guys and then two guys like it was basically two different sets of people that also yeah. worked on the script and I want to say like the Jeff Reno and the Ron Osborne were the uh, consultants of on the West Wing uh, yes consulting producer sorry yeah <laughs> a little no, he's different. a writer too but he's all they're also writers like, yeah, writers yeah. on like moonlighting and stuff like that so I yeah. mean very much so in night court so very much so like comedy you know well like kind of kind of clever uh comedy shows in the a very too, specific so. style i think that's the mm-hmm. thing is this yes. this is like my style of comedy like this is a marx brothers evan costello quick wit <laughs> this is my kind of style of comedy <laughs> not like <sighs> what, like, what do you think that star of the door means you're jewish <laughs> like, that, <laughs> yes. like that line that was just quick just, lines oh and then just keep going as if that line never happened. Just keep moving. You're like no I'm time so- for reaction. Just yeah. go. I think like my favorite line was um, they were talking, but it's like you know, watch your fingers or something like that. And the yep. other cop go- just goes, <laughs> "I slammed my fingers in the car door once." <laughs> <laughs> the idiot cop. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. The idiot cop who's just like, "Oh, that's brilliant." <laughs> I know that guy from something. Oh, Spider Man. Like- 
Is it Spider Man? Yeah. The first two, the first three Spider Man films. He was the one that played the the guy who would have been. He was uh, Doc Connors. Yes, the one who would have became the lizard, the yeah. one with missing the arm. That's I just, where I know him from. Ned <laughs> Betty. I, there's just so many weird random names. I was reading someplace. I can't remember it now. Where was it? Somebody walked out of the premiere. It's the only movie they ever walked out. Uh, um, of. that's that's uh, Corbin Burnson. It's the guy that's from Psych. Who plays the radio announcer in this movie? He's the one, not the right. ra- uh, yeah, he's the one that's the actual yeah. announcer. Who, yeah, the announcer guy. Who kind of comes? I mean, they they play his character off as a huge dick, basically, right. mm-hmm. and a so, womanizer I mean, and all that kind of stuff. But right. I think that's what that character is supposed to be, you know? Right. So, like, the question is: is well, did he walk out because he didn't like what he was doing in the movie, or like, like I want to know. I w- I'd like to know why he walked out. I can't remember it now. I can't find where the heck I read that because and it, it was the one that like his 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 family made him go like they made him go see the movie because he was in it and he still walked out of it. Um, according to oh yeah okay here maybe on, here he on, just had a bad day here on IMDb. This is the IMDb note uh, note for it during <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> uh, during a February 1995 appearance on Howard Stern. Corbin Bernstein, who plays Dexter Morris, I. Admitted that this is the only film he's left the theater during the middle of and was persuaded to by his family, who was also in attendance. Okay. Well, that makes me wonder, did he really want to walk out or his family just like, this sucks? Maybe. Maybe maybe his family didn't understand it, you know, yeah. like, or, which is kind of, which is kind of sad because, right. you know, like, come on, it's a good movie. And like, especially if you're in the movie, wouldn't that be even more of a reason to stick around? Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you think? <laughs> no, no, Colin's got a point. Why? Did you watch the movie we watched last time, Jeff? Well, I would walk out of that movie. Would I wouldn't be, even show up to the theater. Oh, say, would no. you have even, would you have even been in that movie, Dan? Maybe it depends upon how much they paid me. <laughs> I suppose. I Listen, suppose. I I stand up guy, <laughs> See, but Steven Seagal is just a renaissance man, so he probably doesn't even care. Well, again, he didn't do the voice in that movie. Oh. He was dubbed by somebody you gotta go else. Check it out, Colin. As a as a major practitioner of the, the martial arts. Yes. For many years. <laughs> I, I can walk in and out of a theater whenever I feel <laughs> whenever like Whenever I feel like doing and it. no one will know I did it. <laughs> because I'll be dubbed. Um, so back to this movie. <laughs> so yes, the... No, uh, so what I was saying, like the, the different segments, the different segments of this movie, uh, of, of the shows that are being played on the radio station that night, the entire time that the whole murder mystery and all the characters are running around trying to solve the murder, mm-hmm. uh, murders, plural, um... Mm-hmm. They continue to have like they'll cut into rant like the portions of those different shows. And A, it's to showcase like how there were so many different radio dramas and shows and stories on. But I liked how those stories at a handful of spots in the film reflected what was going on off stage. Mm -hmm. Like even like they would just cut to a line of dialogue being sung by the like basically like the Andrew sister ripoff girls. And and uh, like that line of dialogue was reflecting like how the the main girl in the movie uh, uh, Penny was feeling at that moment or some weird thing yeah. like that. You know, like I like that they they did do that and they were kind of making fun of all those different radio shows. And, but at the same time, it was still reflecting like the story. It was very again, right. it was very well written. Everything in this movie was very well written. Right. And it was obviously like carefully planned <laughs> yeah. in order for it to be uh, in order for it to be. Uh, uh, yeah, perfect, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, that's that's just, they nailed the style more than anything. Mm. Is Like, that's how those things would have sounded. Those commercials <laughs> would have sounded like that. It's 
my one of my one of my favorite parts about those was uh during the the jungle story near in the end <laughs> yeah. where like you hear like oh you feel, you hear this like fancy british guy and then you hear like the oh ooh, ma, hinga, hinga, yeah. and they show who's doing the voices and on stage before you hear that there's a big black guy and then there's like a thin like little white guy right. but it's the white guy who's doing He's, the the native uh, voice what's his name i can't remember his name he was a comedian gary anthony G- gary ooh, anthony williams guy? i think that's it the black guy? Yeah, Gary yeah. Anthony oh, Williams yeah. is his name. He's actually on, uh, I mean, like he was in White Castle. Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. He's the guy okay. who's in the jail cell. He does oh. um, the improv stuff now. He's doing How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> is he the guy? Whose line from, is it anyway? Is he the one yeah, that's on the new Who's line? line now. Yeah. That's why yeah. I recognized him. I was like, I know him. Why do I know who this oh, guy see, is? I remembered him yeah. from Harold and Kumar. Oh, see, I forgot. White Castle because yeah, I thought that was see. a funny scene. That movie's good. He's in the first one. Days. Yeah. What in Muffin Top a love story? That's in post production. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying he was in only good stuff. I'm just saying that he was in. It. He has right. been in a couple of good things. That's what you're saying. And believe it or not, I was right. He is in How I Met Your Mother. He's the house inspector at Ted's house. <laughs> so, so even while you were messing up, you were still actually correct. That's because my brain doesn't make sense. Doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. That didn't make sense. (laughs) Right. Right. That's it. (laughs) Uh, That's why he looks familiar. I like, like, I love that. That was like such a good, just visual gag that, that if, you know, like that, that actually was strictly a visual gag. Right. More than anything, just to cut to them and just like little tiny, little tiny white guy doing like, and him going, damn me, I think he's actually saying something. It was one of those ones you have to watch the movie, otherwise (laughs) you're not going to get it. If you're just listening to that portion of the film, well, all right, too bad you missed out that joke. (laughs) Or anything that, anything that Christopher Lloyd does the entire movie. Yes. Yes. Which is hilarious. (laughs) It's like his bit part, which he shot in like a day or whatever, I think. It said on the trivia. It's like, that's just brilliant. Oh, it was so good. It was so funny. I, oh. And yeah, I read that. I read that. Lloyd scenes were filmed in one day. I read that ahead of time. Like, I read that before. Like, I, I was reading the trivia a little bit before the movie kind of started. And I, I skipped through some of them because I didn't want it to give away anything mm-hmm. you know yeah and uh yeah I, I came back to that one or i read that one first i'm like oh, okay i gotta watch this and i just it made me love that part even more knowing that they basically just blew through that <laughs> they more they more or less just had him standing in the room with all those weird props just trying to look like you're doing sound effects you know and, just, and all right i'm done and i'm out of here bye guys right <laughs> uh so, Colin, I apologize. You have not talked that much. Uh, no, we didn't even find out if um, Colin liked the movie yet. No, Colin, I pretty did. obvious. Yes. I like the movie. I, I, I like the movie. I think. You like the movie? I, was I, it was it one you'd watch again? Yeah, I, I would definitely watch it again. Um, again, going back to the points, I think the writing was smart. Um, mm-hmm. Just really quick things here and there. I love that. Um, and you know, it's also a period piece too. And I kind of yep. like these types of films as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, this, as soon as Jeff showed me the trailer, it was just like, oh, (laughs) why is that bad again? That actually looks pretty good. Which is Everything about it sounds wonderful, doesn't it? This seems like a good flick. I'm going to watch this, I'm going to laugh, I'm going to enjoy my jokes. Which which this is, as I said in the beginning of the episode, this is kind of a, this is a really a departure for the show, because normally we... Well, at least I used to always find the really bad movies that were still fun to make fun of and watch. This is not a movie you can sit and make fun of. 
I mean, there's a couple of spots that are a little a little cheesy, especially I guess I understand the critics' points. You know, act in the, three. The, in act the very three. last bit of Act Three is just like how what? Yeah, but it's like you. It's not like it's not like the Steven Seagal one. It's not like Death Stalker. It's not like any of the other ones I've done before no. that where they're they're really bad. You can just sit and you know like mystery science theater it or riff tracks the movie. You you really can't do that for this one because it's just. There's so much humor and you know witty wittiness that's just being thrown at you that you you pay attention and you, you enjoy know, you the sit film. In those bad films are like this is terrible. Yeah, and then I you never you're like thirty minutes in and you're just going, this is terrible. <laughs> I oh. never once stopped to see how much time was left in this movie because I was just enjoying the movie the entire time. I you did know? once. Did you? Because I was, was confused because I was like, man, this seems like the end of the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then I checked to see how much time was left, and I was like, oh. There's still like 40 minutes. All right. Good. Yeah. And I was happy with that. that, I was like, I'm perfectly okay with 40 more minutes of this (laughs) because it's going to make me laugh. Because, you know, it reminds me of other movies. um, My Favorite Year, which is a great film in my Mm -hmm. opinion. It it does this. It does a bunch of the behind the scenes writer room stuff like this does. And I just love this style of movie. So it's like, this can go as long as it wants. I don't care. See, you know, like I like movies like that. I think that's why I, I like noises off so much. I like the movies that there's a story going on, but you, you see, you see a lot of like the behind the scenes stuff of stuff that another yeah. movie would, another movie might've just focused on, Oh, it's a radio station, you know, and that would have been all you saw. But I like the whole idea that because meanwhile, meanwhile, while there is this murder going on, the main character is also still writing the episodes for the shows <laughs> that need to go on that night. So he he's not, hug him. Organa too. <laughs> yep. uh. So it's like it's like it's 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 totally one of those. It's like there's more involved than just him trying to figure out the murder. It's him trying to do his job at the same time. Yeah. And I, I love that madcap just running yeah. around frantically trying to get everything done so that the audience outside is unaware of everything going on. Like right. really did the the audience didn't know there was murders that night, right? Yeah. Cuz even even what they do at the end, like they still don't really realize yet that there's been murders going on this whole time. No, like they just kind of <laughs> mention it by the way. Oh, Mr. <laughs> What's his face is dead. What did they call him? Yeah. What what? <laughs> what was that guy? What was the trumpet player's name? I'm not oh, ruining anything. Ruffles. It's the first thing that happened. Ruffles, yes. Ruffles. <laughs> Ruffles. Which yes. sounds like a dog. It's like the dog. Which I thought oh, it was no, like the Ruffles. weirdest name for a trumpet player, to be honest. It's like, okay, he's big and round. That's not ruffly at all. Like, not ruffly that at all. Make any he's sense. got ruffles. He's got ruffles. Uh, no, the whole, the, the backstory of the writers is funny. Like, mm-hmm. just the writers themselves. Were, I mean, it, what is it? It's Bobcat Goldthwait. The guy from Ghostbusters 2. From Ghostbusters 2, which is uh, yeah. Peter, McNic- uh, Peter McNichol. Yeah. Yep. And uh, there was uh, the Robert really Klein. drunk guy. Can't remember his name. The real drunk guy. Uh, you have Robert Klein, who did a yeah. ton. Who is, if you see a picture of him, you know who he is. You've seen him in movies. He's been yeah. doing films forever. Like, easily since the, uh, what? Right. Early, oh, forever. Well, the early up. 70s. <laughs> 70s. I know him. The movie that I saw him first as a kid was Hooper, which was the uh, Burt Reynolds uh, stuntman movie. He was the oh, yeah, dick that's director. Right. That's who I know him as. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it, that whole that whole uh, other the um, and and DeSalvo was the uh, the female writer in it, who oddly mm-hmm. enough was also in my favorite year. Yeah, she was the she was the one who would talk for the quiet guy. OK, there's another yep. great if you like this style of movie where something goofy is really happening. My favorite year kind of does some of that. Uh no, and I actually, um, because of watching this movie, I actually kind of want to watch Dream On, the TV show, 
that the main guy, uh, Brian Ben, Brian Benben. Yeah. Apparently he's got a tough name. name. (laughs) That's really hard to say. Uh, it was the show that he did in the early nineties from 1990 to 96. He had his own show. His own, like Brian Benben show. Brian Benben. 1998 to 2000. Wow. What What? did he did on that show? (laughs) I don't know. There's nothing informative about it. Believe it or not, Brian Benben played himself. Oh, well go figure. (laughs) Crazy. I want to watch Dream On now because Dream On was created by the same two people, David Crane and Marta Kaufman, the two people who created Friends. Ooh. Mm. I want to watch it because the the summary of that the summary this is the summary of that show. It's it's an HBO show where it's uh, it's a cult adult comedy about dreamer Martin Tupper, whose life is full of colorful characters, divorced and living with his grown uh, growing teenage son, still friends with his ex wife, and constantly looking for dates, but without a clue as to how to relate to women. Um, the series is crammed full of hundreds of clips from all manner of old films used as metaphors for Martin's reactions. Hence the title. Oh, that's interesting. So they use random clips from old movies and shows and stuff like that for like a reaction or like a like a visual representation of what he's thinking of at that time and like that sounds such that sounds like such an awesome show like i want to see that show now and i can't find it anymore like so i started looking like three quarters of the way through the movie i'm like i want to see this would you watch the movie <laughs> i was watching Listen, the movie we but have I was created also... a fiduciary responsibility with our audience to watch fiduciary these yes you're a fiduciary. whipping out fiduciary i, I said to... it you heard it but I need to look that up. Hold on. <laughs> big, big words. Fiduciary. Oh, look at that right there. Big words. Tuesday night before school. <laughs> fiduciary. Brain. Involving trust, especially with regard to the relationship between a trustee and a beneficiary. See? Fiduciary. Wow. <laughs> our audience members are our beneficiaries. And they, they are, are trusting us to tell hey, us um, whether or not these movies is, are horrendous. What is the uh, uh, name and origin? <laughs> Name and origin of fiduciary. It is. Uh, <laughs> we're not, we're not spelling fiduciary. Let's talk about the movie. Fiduciary. So uh, the movie. F- See, yeah, you're right, Jeff. No, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. We're going to talk about the. Oh, Colin. <laughs> I'm the best. He's the Yay. best. I'm the Yay. best. Um, no, so I. But I. I. This movie. Yes. Yeah, so back to this movie. movie. Um, this movie. Was there? We've got uh, le- legitimately. I did not write much of any notes for this movie. We've I wrote. We talked about nothing. everything that I wrote. <laughs> Colin, I'm just like I should write notes, and then I'm watching this movie, and I'm like 15 <laughs> minutes to the end. It's like I really should write notes. <laughs> I should have written. I wanted to. Down. Again, I've, I'm not kidding. I've probably watched this six times since the first time I watched it, which was like mm-hmm. two weeks ago. <laughs> when I suggested we should watch this for one of these things. Yes, I haven't written a single thing down because I'm too busy enjoying the movie. And the nice thing is, is there's really not a lot to talk about for this movie, except that it's good and it should be heavily, it's heavily recommended as just watching. If you like movies that, if you like murder mysteries, not like modern murder mysteries, not, but kind of like no. the whodunits, like you clue. mentioned, it's, it's like a clue. Yeah, it's there like you go. clue. Yep. If you like and clue, you might like this movie. Which is Maybe. actually probably a good, a good, a good suggestion because Clue right. is also very, it's filled with, <laughs> besides Christopher Lloyd, it's yes. also filled with very quick witted jokes that kind of just go off you know they 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 blow through them they say them they don't leave any kind of reaction they just move on to the next one and if you catch it you catch it you laugh and you probably miss six more jokes in the process of you laughing and that's the type of movie that it is right and it's but it's so just brilliantly written it's mm-hmm. one of those little films that no one seems to know about and thank you very much dan for <laughs> recommending it because yeah, netflix this is so on my list of movies that I just these are this is on some of my favorite movies now just well, see, because of how well the thing it's is the only reason I picked this movie is because I saw the poster on Netflix and I was like this poster looks cool 
So then I clicked on it because I again I like these style of movies in the 30s and the 40s. I think that's an interesting time period. I'm yep. a big fan of that particular genre of mm. history, if you will. Right. Yep. Yep. And that poster is just really interesting. And there's a nice leg in it, <laughs> which always just, helps. And then just came in, and then I read the synopsis. Like this sounds funny. I could watch this for a couple <laughs> minutes, see if it's worthwhile. And then that's when I started. And it, it, I I think it's a wonderful film. I think everyone should watch it and give it a bunch of thumbs up various places. What kind of got good. me, what got me for it was when you suggested it and I looked it up online to to look through the cast list cuz I also I can get swayed by who's in the movie in mm-hmm. some cases, but I'm looking through it and I'm looking at the people that are in it and they're all people that do comedy really well. Right. Which is what got me. I'm like Okay, it's got, you know, Michael McKean and Jeffrey Tambor and, you know, like it's got Christopher Lloyd. I know these people can do comedy when they're given the right script. So obviously it's not going to be something terrible. It's got to be something decent if all those people are in it. And it it, it did not it did not disappoint whatsoever. Right. right. So this uh, is yeah, this is definitely the first out of um. let's see. This is episode 20. 21 i think of bottom of the barrel um (laughs) thanks colin we're gonna put that on like a sound bite so that way i can just cue that whenever there's something important the new way to end ghost hat productions (laughs) i like the ending ending. (laughs) um or not dontario i mean there's still more the the, watch for the band the band is amazing the whole band's pretty good yeah Who's led by, oh, what's his face? Michael McKean. Yeah, Michael McKean. Yes. The, the band is brilliant. They change costumes, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> eight times during the entire show. <laughs> I like when the when the stage is rotating and they don't it doesn't stop rotating <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> during that scene. <laughs> they don't know what to do. And the little guy is in front being very confused. <laughs> oh, yeah, the band is great. The band is is just funny as can be. And there's there's a lot of little references to like 30s like era stuff. Like right. uh, you know, the at one point the main character dresses up as um oh, I'm spacing on the uh, the singer's name. Back in the day, she was the one that used to dress up in like the the uh the, oh, the big yeah. headdress. Uh, uh Carmen Miranda. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm not Porky Pig. That's Porky Pig. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you credit um but like like when he like he dresses up as her and yeah just they, there's one point where they're they're showing they're, you know they're out on the the radio antenna and i'm like oh it's just like king kong or like right. like there's like a yeah, lot of little yeah that was the only I didn't, thing that was I did actually not say the only anything. part I did not of the movie anything. that i was actually confused about because it's like oh there's the, a there's a crop duster now With, <laughs> oh all right well see it, now people who are watching are going to have to get the spoilers on so you've given ears. we've given the overview of the sh- of the movie and yes. talked about what we like about it yes haven't said anything what we don't like about it really no no there's honestly i i cannot think of a thing that i do not like about it because even the end even act three i'm still okay with it like i'm like all right what happens what happens is fine so let's let's talk about that this is the longest spoiler warning you're ever going to get if you keep listening and ruin the movie for yourself it's your fault if you don't want the end of the movie spoiled come back at minute 56 46 in this episode ready go all right, so the end of the movie. The end of the movie, right? Okay. That came out of nowhere, and it confused <laughs> the hell out. Like, I I was watching point? it, and I was like, did I miss something? Did I pass out? I might have fallen asleep. So I went back and watched it again. I was like, nope, the plane just kind of shows up out of nowhere. Yep. I don't know how okay. it got there. Okay, so yep. that's that That wasn't that was not just me? Because like, I did. I felt that exact same way. I'm like, right. did I miss a line where they said they were going to go get a plane? Who was in the plane? 
I don't know. <laughs> like, do we, we don't even know who was in it. I thought no. it was like one of the writers. Maybe like the drunk. Was it? Like maybe the drunk guy or something. Was <laughs> like the hell did he get plane? a plane? I don't know. But he's like <laughs> gone for like the second half of the movie. On it, just so, you know. No, I don't keep a biplane just hanging around. Dan. You, you don't have a World War One vintage biplane that has guns in perfect condition yeah. around. Don't you keep a you know biplane? Well, okay, so apparently I am out near of this. a radio station in downtown Chicago. In, in downtown near Chicago. perfect condition too. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. another thing. I would have to say the miniature work on this was really well done. Actually, mm-hmm. yes, like yes, the, it, the way the they did it actually shot. turned out really good. It looks good, you know. The, the it, shot of the building of the actual radio station of the, bil- of the radio station itself and of the plane yeah. actually didn't look terrible. I mean, it wasn't like perfect, certainly, but no, mm-hmm. but it, it still look looks bad. good. But that's really my only complaint with this whole movie is the last like. And it not wasn't even the last few minutes, just that whole bit of <laughs> was it strictly was it strictly just the idea of the of, of where the plane came from? Yeah. Or yes. is there is there any issues with like like who the killer was? I honestly didn't mind that. A little And the bit. whole TV thing, I didn't care about. Okay. Okay. Like I was into the movie so far, I didn't care. What was it? What was that, Con? <sighs> that part I could get, but it's like who it was, that bothered me. Who the killer was? Yeah. Like who it turned out to be? See, Because like, honestly, yeah, we are spoilers. Yeah, we're right. in the spoiler okay. zone, so if you say who he, it is, it's fine. He didn't, leave, he didn't even leave the station, I don't think. No, True. not really. Yeah. It didn't seem so like it. It didn't seem like he left. So how could how he, he murdered people if he didn't leave the? the he did leave booth? that room. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple moments where he could have done it when, like, because he in the beginning he makes a comment about going to he was going to go check out one of the other studios and he disappears for a couple minutes. That's true. And, and that's when they find the the son, the general's son. Right. Mm-hmm. So that would have been shoot. that moment i guess yeah. he could have done it but yeah i don't know like when the when uh, uh um herman uh, katzenbach the guy who larry miller plays when he gets yeah. killed like how did he i mean i know that switch was on stage that he flips to mm-hmm. to turn the gear the the rotating stage back on right. but again how did he get there flip the switch and then get away without anybody having seen him right. like right. and that's that the is, thing that bothers me cuz it just doesn't it seems unreal like it's it's one of those where the murderer, you kind of have to just take a step back. Like you can't, you can't give an actual like specific, Oh, this is exactly how he did it. Like, right. obviously he was here, he was here and that's how he did it. You kind of just have to go take a step back and like, all right, well he's the killer. Okay, fine. He, he might've been able to do it. Maybe I wasn't paying right. attention type type movies. And and the, mm-hmm. re- and the recording as well. I mean, I, he, could have done something like a playback or something like that. But I'm right. Like, well, well, didn't they make a comment that it was well, it was a recording? Yeah. yeah. Did they, they not said say it's that? It's a recording a couple times because that's how. Um, what's his face? Man, I cannot remember any of these main characters' <laughs> names. I'm terrible. <laughs> that's how the the, the lieutenant blamed. Or no, that's what Roger, Roger. said. The main yeah, character Roger said says that it's the recording that comes on before each of the murders. And I was like, well, if it's a recording, how come you couldn't die? See, I yeah. think him as the engineer dude could have set up like a you know like a record player someplace and mm-hmm. had it timed. Right. To not play for a while and then turn on at certain times. And then simply just lied that he couldn't I mean, figure yeah, out where it was like coming from. I think about it. Yeah. He, I mean, he was kind of like in charge of the switchboard, so he could have. Right. Hit something. Okay. 
Right. That so I can it, believe. That makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything else is just like, you can't. Everything else is just that. whatever. <laughs> uh, speaking about that, that gear death, when you think about it, that actually is kind of gruesome. Oh, it's terrible. Because mm-hmm. that means Roger, I mean, Roger was there trying to help yeah. Herman out of it. Every and Herman I gets see pulled that, in. I think of the scene in The Machinist. <laughs> see. <laughs> Which was like ten times worse, right? Because you actually like see it happen. Yeah, where this one was strictly just implied so they could keep a PG rating. Right. Which again, how did this movie get a PG rating with with boobs in it? And there's some swearing in it, not a lot. And there's some swearing, and there's murder, and like how how did that happen? I mean, ratings (laughs) back then was like it's so bad. Who cares? Yeah, it's rated PG for mild language, some farcical fart. Some fart. It's like a farce, like some farce type violence and brief right. nudity. Like right. that's what it's rated PG for. So unless they're just like, well, you don't see any blood. Nobody drops the f bomb. Nobody does. You know, like you, you, all the deaths are are you never see them happen except for the gear one. And right. I guess basically the electrocution during that one. time, it was either PG or R. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. You know, Actually, but they're when all PG thirteen get turned on. PG thirteen was Temple of Doom. Was it? Oh, That's, so it was before this movie, wasn't it? It would have been before it. But I mean, my guess is they just because I bet you I bet you the way that they got around it, this being this because this feels like it should be a PG-13 film. Probably. But the only thing I can think of is that the only reason why it's not is because it's done. It's done in like a humorous way or it's done. You know, it's kind of like a tongue in cheek. Like the mur- again, the murders aren't bloody. The murders aren't like. Nobody's mm-hmm. getting their heads, you know, chopped off or anything like that. It's somebody gets hung, somebody gets electrocuted. Like it's all kind of done in a style where it's fantasy and it's over the top and it's not really real. And that must have been the reason why they're like, all right, well, you know, right. they they're not that bad. It's okay. it's very comedic or it's very it's almost like cartoon. It's almost a cartoon death is what these are. That's <laughs> what it is. Like people get hit on the heads and, so, you know, <laughs> running into doors and stuff like that. Have either of you guys ever watched that film, the documentary, this film is not yet rated or something like that? Yeah, this mm-hmm. film is not yet rated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've heard of it. I don't think I've okay, watched it. It's a documentary about how the MPAA goes about writing uh, the okay. ratings, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't watch the whole thing. I got bored. Anyway, <laughs> so as of 2010, the MPAA has added a scripter of male nudity for films featuring said content. All right. So mm-hmm. a brief scene of nudity will require a PG rating. So that's where we get our that's it's literally like two seconds on screen. Yep. And it's four boobs. I've counted. What? Because <laughs> Dan seen it multiple times. But here's the thing. For PG-13, <laughs> it's more than brief nudity. What's so, brief? <laughs> how long is brief then? Right. Is it like, are you talking like full frontal at that point? Right. Is that still considered brief if you only see it for a couple seconds? Full frontal will require an R rating is what the next thing says. But here's the thing for violence. It has the same problem. The violence in a G-rated film must be cartoonish in nature and or minimal in quantity. Okay. So minimal in quantity, right? Yep. If the violence is little more than minimal, <laughs> it requires a PG rating. <laughs> what the hell is there? There. Oh my god! I want to know so who the copywriter we is. We had for brief them. boobs and mild nudity, so it should have been PG. It was PG based <laughs> off of the brief nudity, basically. Basically, otherwise, it's really just a G movie in reality. Yeah, yeah, because everything is very com- uh, comical. Mm-hmm. There isn't anything else. Like I said, it's it's because the deaths are 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 cartoonish and it's it's brief nudity. It's brief topless nudity. And that's that's the whole reason it's PG. Right. If they had gone if they had gone any more like I bet you if they had shown an any more of like the gear death scene, you know, like if they showed him actually like looking from Roger's point of view at 
the guy right. getting sucked in, it would have been a PG-13. Because then at that point, that right. death would not have been so cartoony. It would have been more realistic, more violent. So that's weird. Wow. We learned so much. <laughs> but that wouldn't have happened in the 90s, I don't think. When this movie was made, that graphic, crazy graphic and violence wasn't really the, the key no. to a good movie. Especially not this type of movie. No, and like now it probably would have been like some kind of slightly horrendous thing. Yeah, but and the, but it would have. I think I think what would happen if if it was more horrendous, you would have ruined the vibe of the film. Definitely. Right. Right. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not crazy to think that. Right. Because then at that point it's like, oh well, everybody's being so goofy and silly, and oh well, that death was very violent. Like <laughs> you know, like that kind of takes you out of the movie and it loses you that you're supposed to be almost feeling again, as we said that this movie is almost from the 1930s or the 1940s. Mm-hmm. And then if you have a violent death, well mm-hmm. then it's, Oh, okay. It's not from that era anymore. And then you kind of lose yeah. track of it. Right. So. July, 1984 was the first time that uh, PG 13 rating. Was Did it say introduced. what the film was or it was um, just when it was introduced? I, th- I thought it was temple of doom. I thought that's the reason parents are strongly cautioned to give special guidance to or, of for assistance of children under 13. Mm. Hmm. So maybe. And uh, oh, it's, it's was it was simplified to PG-13. It is not Temple of Doom. It is Red Dawn. That's the first movie that had. Really? Red Dawn? Red Dawn was, a, was the first PG-13. Opened August 10th, 1984. It was the first film to be released with the PG-13 rating system. Because it was announced in July. Yep, that that's what is, you... That movie's tame. Yeah, Compared that's the Compared to what PG-13 gets away with now. I know. PG-13 gets away with a lot more stuff than that. Um, when was... So when was Temple of Doom? Um, when was Temple of Doom released? 84. Hmm. But when in 84? Uh, May. Yeah. That's May interesting. Oh, wait a minute. Temple of Doom... But you have Doom. to remember, it's not about release date. It's about when it gets put to the board. Right. Temple of Doom was uh, Temple of Doom and Gremlins were both violent PG rated films mm-hmm. that were released that were the catalyst for yeah. the MPAA to modify the oh. rating system. OK, that's okay. what um, it was. Yeah. I knew Temple violent of Doom was involved. Of, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Poltergeist, Clash of the Titans and Gremlins. Yep. So it was. And then Red Dawn was the first film to be released with PG-13 right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. So that's why, okay, that's why. that I knew, like I said, I knew Indiana Jones was the was was involved somehow, but it wasn't the first one. It was what started them making them think they needed to, to change it. Okay, never mind. I'm glad we got that figured out on this episode of the more Bottom of the done Barrel. done our segment of learning for these yes, shows. We We've did. done one each time now. That is true, we have. Yeah. Not even on purpose. It's just kind of happened. Not usually, no. <laughs> well, do you guys got anything else? Do you want to talk about the movie? Any other parts I you liked? I would love to talk about the television plot. Television. Now that we're in super spoiler warning. Super spoiler. One of my favorite of- little visual gigs, aside from the whole doctor in, in Africa thing, that was hilarious, yep. yeah. is they're in the top of the tower. And they're all done, and they're like, "All right, boys, let's go." And yeah. all the young cops are staring at this test pattern on the TV, <laughs> and he can't, and the <laughs> lieutenant can't get a hold of them. I thought that was a really interesting thing because really, what the movie is trying to do it's, to an extent is like, this is the death of radio, is this television idea, and this guy was a visionary, and they shot it down, and blah 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 blah. It, right, it's subtle, and I like that. 
<laughs> subtle. Well, it's what is subtle? Like getting hit over the head or <laughs> having Steven Seagal do his own voice work. Well, what did Roger say? He's like, come on, radio will never die. Right. Like, like he makes that comment, which is obviously tongue in cheek to reference the fact that, yeah, radio did die within about another 15 years after this mm. movie took place, you know? Like, it was gone in that manner. Radio died in that manner. That right. television took over. So it's, I yeah, I agree. I that I miss that. I honestly, I miss that visual gag. Oh, it's, man. It's quick. It's at the very end of the movie when uh, What's-His-Face is uh, Applegate is dead and all that stuff. It's mm-hmm. the last thing that happens in that tower there. Okay. And I wonder if I can find the exact timing. So we can tell people not that I have the movie up and I'm watching it on Netflix while we talk or anything. Oh, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 of course not. And of course not. not <laughs> this is the other thing that we like to and do. Certainly not. Show. I'm probably going to watch this again after we're done talking. <laughs> I really like this movie. I think it's the great. Other, the other thing that we like to do in this is we like to give very specific moments, <laughs> like the exact like time code for done events that, that happen. That's you've done that. I think at least once Well, <laughs> with the, the guy, the Haynes guy. Yes. In Deathstalker. In Deathstalker. The point where you see the character running around with uh, obvious. <laughs> Obviously wearing boxers. <laughs> oh, it's really fun. They're bright blue. What? Yeah. It's um, oh, Colin, 749 left in the film. I need to catch up. 749? You do, Colin. Oh, you, uh, so Lord. welcome to the show that you're a part of. You yes. haven't listened to the last two episodes. You no. probably should. <laughs> it's okay. No one else has listened to the last two episodes. Oh. Shush. Leave them alone. It's you are insulting our fan base. What I fan love base? every single one of you out there that are listening to this right every, now. Every one. Every okay. single one of you. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Dan. Oh, Every one of you. Every one's you. Well, I'm ones sure Shane will listen to this one. I listen to it. Yeah. Well, you, I'm listening to it now. Does that? <laughs> I have to edit it, so oh, I have to listen to right. it. Colin, before we completely get off topic, is there anything that you'd like to talk about? <laughs> topic. Just <laughs> talking about. Was there anything you can think of for the movie that you that you wanted to bring up that we haven't already? I feel like we've talked about all, I, I, like you guys covered a lot. I mean, almost everything that we I could mean, without other, giving other stuff than, away. You know, it's a good film. Um, yeah, I enjoy these types of movies, especially like the Who Done It movies. I really yep. enjoy, and this was just kind of mash of everything, and you know, radio radio dramas and stuff like that. I was always entertained by. So this is mm-hmm. a good. Mishmash of it's a good melting pot of of, of all of those different genres yeah. and different things. You yeah. like that's cool. So. That's definitely cool. Yeah, I I agree. This like I said, these types of movies, this this type, the thing. Like I said, who who done it? The Abbott and Costello movie was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Mm-hmm. I loved that whole murder mystery at a, at a radio station. I loved that. And yeah, I'm in the same boat as Colin said, and I know obviously Dan is as well. Like mm. I like I like old fashioned radio shows. I like this era of movies. I like this era in general, at least the Hollywood version of this era. <laughs> I don't know how accurate this era was back then, in, according to Hollywood. Um, but I do. I like like I like the shadow. That's why we did Midnight Sleuth was because we liked old radio shows like that's that's the whole yes. thing. So I agree. I I love Available this movie. on ghost Yes, thank you, Dan. Yeah. Thank you. You beat me to the punch. The plug, guys. <laughs> you weren't plugging fast enough. I plug wasn't faster. plugging fast enough. Um, so okay, well let's. Um, Dan, do you have anything else? Because oh, it's no? a good movie. Go watch. It is it. a good movie. It's thoroughly enjoyable. I feel like we haven't been funny or enjoyable at all, but this movie is both of those things. It is. So if you if you need your, <gasps> your, your, your <gasps> I don't know. That's pretty funny. Uh, 
Well, let me do my drinking rules, and then we would do our alternate titles for this movie, yes. and then we'll wrap everything up. So uh, this week, again, I had a hard time coming up with drinking rules because generally the drinking rules work well for bad movies. This one is not a bad movie. This we'll is a tag good team movie. It, we'll take so, it. We'll get this. We'll get some rules in there. Let's do this. Okay. So the first one that I had uh, for the drinking rules was take a shot every time someone falls through a window. <laughs> yeah, all right. Because that does happen a few times in this film. <laughs> Um, the other one that I had was, uh, take a shot every time you see something fall to the street from up in the air, i.e. there's this like point of view shot looking down at the street below. Cause a lot of times in this movie, the characters are outside hmm. the building and stuff falls and they use the same point of view at least four times or three times. <laughs> and there's something falling at least three times with in that shot like to the ground so that's one uh dan do you have do you have any off the off the top of your head uh, you anytime think of? morgana makes a suggestion <laughs> that's better than what the writers came up with yep you gotta <laughs> i don't know take three drinks or something like that two drinks because it's, it's two drinks morgana two yeah writer zero <laughs> so that's that's gonna be three drinks that i'm that i remember off the top of my head off the top of your head off the top of um my head. And then um, I did, uh, oh, oh, the the other one that I was thinking about was, would it be the finish your drink if you figured out who the killer is before 45 minutes through the film? (laughs) You have to do at the end of the movie anyway. Well, yes, so that's why it's a finish your drink. That was the last one. If you knew who the killer was, and I'm serious, you're going to have to, like, say it out loud if you're watching it. If you know who the killer is by the 45-minute mark, and it's right at the end of the movie that you didn't finish your drink. So that's, like, your victory celebration, okay? I've got one, actually. Colin, Colin, Um, what do you have? Um... Take a drink every time Billy is so shunned away to do something. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're going to kill our listener. (laughs) Poor Billy. (laughs) Billy, go get this. Poor Billy. That is good. I do. It's not as bad as the, uh, um, you know, take a drink every time somebody says chocolate uh, Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory. God. That'd be Hello, terrible. welcome to my dad. Dead death. in 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, I got another one. Take a drink every time you go, that person's in this movie? <laughs> or, I know that person. Wow. Because <laughs> it's just this ridiculous... It is. And you'll, you'll start, like I said, even if you don't recognize these people by their names, mm-hmm. when you see them, you will go, oh... I know that guy or I know that girl or like you, you'll, you just do, you recognize people mm-hmm. <laughs> left and right in this film. And then you're going to go on IMDb and search through their, you know, search who find who it was and figure out mm-hmm. who that person was and look at the movies they've done. And went, yes, he's from that movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, also take a drink every time Billy tries to say that he's a good asset to the radio station. <laughs> every time he tries to pimp himself yes. to him. The asset. <laughs> 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 Uh, well, okay, I think seven drinking rules will be good for this week. You'd be good. Okay. I think we're good with that. I so think I let the movie play, like I said? Yeah. Did you know that at the end they do, like, five different versions of the end song? Watch really? till the end of the movie, ladies and gentlemen. There's See? a Spike Jones version, there's the regular version, there's a country western version, a lush orchestral rendition. Ooh. Ooh, it's I gorgeous. Didn't... I did not realize that. Are you listening to it now? (laughs) 
Why do I why do I get music when we can just have Dan do all the music for the show? Apparently, it's quite nice actually. It's the end. It's and the angels will. I had the captions on. It was like country western version. I was like, what? So that's there was anything else? I did not even realize that. I did not know that's what they were doing. I'm gonna have to watch just the ending credits of this. This is kind of fun. Well, let's get on to the final portion of the show, and then we will wrap everything up. Alternate titles for this film. Generally, the alternate titles for the movie, uh, again, work for bad movies. This one being a good movie, it's kind of hard to come up with an alternate title. Uh, Dan, I'm pretty sure I already know your alternate title. That would be... I don't know anymore. What did I say? I think you just said Radioland Murders. (laughs) I don't think think I did say Radioland. I thought the the title was good. No, no, you said... Murders uh, in Radioland? Murders in Radio Land, you made uh, Mor- uh, uh, Morgana, Morgana is smarter too. than everyone else. Morgana or Morgana is smarter too. than everyone else. Yes, yes that's, the, that's the one she you came up with. She does seem to know everything. <laughs> it's like if the plot got stalled, Morgana would just be like, oh, by the way, um, Applewhaite did it. And, <laughs> and then like, and oh, she'd walk away okay. and we'd be like, oh, Morgana 3. And it's yeah. <laughs> and, and film zero. Uh, Colin, what is your alternate title for this Mine film? is A Prairie Home Homicide. <laughs> What? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't know Wait. who Garrison Keeler is, that joke doesn't mean anything yes. to you. Wait, repeat that one more A time. A prairie <laughs> home homicide. <laughs> oh, that's so good, Colin. <laughs> well, damn, Colin, you screwed over my alternate title. I should have gone next. I guess. Oh man, I was hoping to go, go ahead, last, Jeff. It's not but... worth it, but you can talk. <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> mine was just dead air. <laughs> That's all well, that there I had. Go. Was I mean, that it was a play. Good, but... It was a play on radio and people dying. That's all I had. But damn it, Prairie Home Homicide is a hell of a that lot is... better than mine. Oh, well, this show sucks. <laughs> Colin, that's good night, great. everyone. I good night, I guess. It. Good night from all of us here in podcasting land. See, it doesn't have the same ring as Radio Land does. That's Radio Land. I think the idiot screwed everything up. God darn you, internet. <laughs> well, I mean, we could still pretend this is the radio. We just need to come up with a new name except for podcast, which we've already kind of right. started talking about in previous episodes. Because we are on Hardwick's side that we don't like podcasts. I don't like podcasts as the mm. name. I use it, but it could there could be some other word that's so much better because what you do on the internet is not strictly just, it doesn't seem to always work. It feels more like a radio a pod show. pod device. See, and I have, but at the same time, think about a lot of the listeners that I know a lot of listeners that we have listened through the podcast through the website. Mm. They don't listen through, uh, not necessarily always through their, their, their iPod or anything like that. So it's kind of, you need to come up with an alternate title. So if you have come up with an alternate title that you think we could use for the show's name of the internet, let us know. Find us online. Find us on Ghost Day website. Comment in the comment section down below. <laughs> right. There's that. Uh, There's Twitter. That. I guess Twitter. they could try Twitter, Facebook. We could try. Yeah. Oh, they don't know what our Twitter stuff is. They do not. Right. Smoke um, signal. So <laughs> you can try <laughs> sending smoke signals. Not guaranteed it will get to us, however. It mostly might. because. I gaze upwards a lot. <laughs> Every once in a while. Um, yeah. Find us and yell in our face. <laughs> oh, that would probably be really effective. Yeah. That will work and that will get our attention. Yes. I, I won't lie. Uh, but no, if you do, you can follow us. Uh, if you do, Twitter, Twitter is twitter.com slash ghost movies. That'll yep. get to us. Just hashtag it with uh, BOTB, which is the bottom of the barrel. BOTB. Yes. So we know it's that. BOTB. Uh, so with that, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ghost hat. That again is our sister channel until we someday decide to get a bottom of the barrel Facebook and Twitter page. Just go there for now. So, That's fine. well, uh, any parting words before we end the show this week, gentlemen? We still don't know how to end this thing. 
I know we do not. Colin, mm. Colin, you are here. You are a good luck charm. How would you how would you suggest we end the show? Because we don't have mm. a way to really end it without it just kind of ending, and it's weird. It's otherwise. ending. <laughs> it's ending. It's ending. Um, you want me just to say that? <laughs> Come on, there's got to be something. We this is the good end. Night. Goodbye. <laughs> well, that didn't uh, suck as much as I hoped. No. That <laughs> should we go? Do, do we want to go the um, route of like something that references the show, or should we end it like with like this one? Like, I mean, you could run for the show. And for all of us here at Ghost Hat Network, I am Jeff Bell signing off for another episode of Bottom of the Barrel. Could you do it no, more I'd... like NPR or? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no. If I was gonna do it more uh, like NPR, uh, yeah, uh, Colin, if you would like us to speak like NPR, we can certainly uh, 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 try to accommodate a, that for you if you like. Yes, exactly. Generally, the yes, 1994 yes, um, uh, release the, uh, of the film Radio Land uh, Murders was, which was not released until 2000 on DVD, of course. Oh yes, so, when it was released, written, people were. It was written by the famous director George yeah. Lucas. George well, Lucas, who is better known as his writing skills on Star Wars, A New Hope, right, Episode right. 4, but not and the prequels, which kind of sucked. The, yes. Of course they did. Right. <laughs> yes, we need to end the Are episode really doing an NPR bit through the, whispering uh, as quietly as possible yeah. <laughs> into our microphone. <laughs> I just want to tell you all that uh, we are going to be doing really? more podcasts that you can find us at Ghost Head Dan, at this point, what? Dan, at this Sorry. point, anybody who's listening to it is like cranking their volume, trying to hear what the hell you're saying. And then I just said what really loud. That's unfortunate. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> well, we'll come up with an ending to this show eventually, but I guess for now we'll just end it as Whoa. thank you, Colin, Goodbye. for joining us. We'll have you back again. I'll see you I promise. Adieu. Safe trails. Goodbye. Ding dong day. What? <laughs> It's from Robin Hood Men in Tights. <laughs> it's like toodaloo, au revoir, auf Wiedersehen, ding dong ciao, day. ding dong day. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that's not offensive to anybody. <laughs> not at all. I'm sure. Especially because he squints his eyes I'm when sure, he does it. I'm uh, sure Carrie L. is doing <sighs> ding dong day. It isn't effective. To, I mean, Mel it's Brooks never writes funny. anything effect, in a, no. you know, offensive. That's in not politically incorrect. No, no, no. Awesome. Not well, Mel. now that not we've ended the now that we've ended this show 12 times, I have would just like to say it? we have ended it. Oh. <laughs> well, bye, Colin. Bye, Jeff. <laughs> thanks for, bye, thanks for being on the show. Bye, Colin. Bye. Thank you, Dan, for being on, as always. And we shall see you guys. Well, no. You will listen to us again next time on more Bottom of again. the Barrel. Goodbye, everybody. Go watch Radio Land Murders. Bye. It was enjoyable. <laughs> bye. 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 Are we done? For more information about this and other programming, visit our official website at www.ghostat.net.